There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Race for the Ring, episode 107, Good in Bed with Leah Carey. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Race for the Ring. We have a very juicy conversation for you today. I am going to be speaking with sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. She came out of her proverbial shell at the ripe age of 42, going cross-country in a sex escapade. She doesn't call it that. I call it that. I think it's so cool. She um, wanted to kind of explore herself and kind of coming into her own. And she shares a lot about that in this episode. She also talks about her trauma growing up and why it took her so long to, quote, come out of her proverbial shell in the sex space, if you will. And also a little bit about her explorations, what she's learned and how she's grown um, confident in terms of asking for what she wants, getting what she wants, telling her partners what she doesn't want and feeling comfortable about that and not shy and also saying no sometimes when she's just not in the mood and why we should all be brave to do so because it actually can help preserve the integrity of a relationship. So it's really good. It's different twist for the race for the ring, but obviously sex is very important for any and all relationships, even if you're loving yourself. So without further ado, let's get right to it with Leah. Hello, Leah. How are you? Hey, Mindy. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better getting over COVID. Yeah, I managed to go for two and a half years without getting it. And then (laughs) everybody's going to get it, I think, eventually. I had it. I had it mild, but I still had it. So anyway, um, that must have been a burden on your bed, to say the least, (laughs) having COVID. (laughs) 
right. Yeah, it was not awesome. I'm going right there, Leah, with you. <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you found your niche in the sex industry or field. I guess in, when I see sex industry, it makes it sound like you have a porn shop. Um, but <laughs> but um, I, I find this conversation super exciting and enticing. Um, and I'm happy to share some anecdotes too, if it's appropriate. We'll see how it goes. Great. So um, tell me a little bit about your backstory. You, it was sort of a long way coming, right? Was not necessarily yeah. something that you just sort of like, when you turned 16 or 18 or whatever, you were like all about it. So let's talk a little bit about your, um, your growing up and a little bit of your history with your parents. I guess they hindered some of your, um, I guess, freedom with your sexuality. Is that correct? Absolutely. So yeah, I did not grow up in a super open sex positive home. Um, I grew up in a, uh, an alcoholic abusive home. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My dad specifically, uh, not my mom. Um, and what happened is that he was so inappropriate with his sexual energy um, that it really shut me down. So like he would speak to me sexually about my body. He would talk to me about his sex life with my mom and how unhappy he was with it. Um, he, what he essentially did was turn me into another adult who he could, you know, I could be one of his buddies who he talked to about sex, which is super inappropriate and you know there are words for this and you know there's damaging did you have absolutely did you you seek therapy and everything for that i have been in and out of therapy most of my life yeah yeah Yeah. Um, that's a shame sorry for for other people who are hearing this and thinking oh i didn't know that was a thing but i recognize it the the term that is used for it uh there are a few different ones but it's covert incest or emotional incest which means that For the most part, he did not actually touch my body. He just used words to sexualize me. Um, At the same time that he was doing that, he was also telling me that I was getting fat and ugly and no one would ever love me. Why? Um. What's his motivation? Do you, I mean, not to say, I mean, let me just go back. I don't want to make this all about that because I obviously (laughs) want to get into the like fun stuff, but it's obviously important to talk about, certainly. So I feel like what you're sharing right now, and I appreciate your being so vulnerable, it sounds like that's almost like you could be emotionally abused. Like if you're Mm -hmm. in a toxic relationship or obviously with anybody, friends, parents, what have you. So it's similar in that I've not heard of, I'm actually a psychology uh, student, uh, Uh a grad student. I'm getting my degree in clinical psychology. So I find that super interesting just from that perspective too, that, that I have not heard of that term. I mean, I'm sure I will in in my schooling. I have not heard of that yet. So that's okay. Go on. So, so he was also emotional. Emotionally abusive, he was very too. emotionally abusive. Yeah. So I had all of these various messages coming in at the same time. Like, one, you're totally unlovable. Nobody will ever want you. On the other hand, like, I'm sexualizing you. It was so confusing. What would he say to sexualize you? Can he you would give say things about? like, um, well, he would talk to me about my body sexually and how I was developing. Like, oh, and, you have a great ass like that? I mean, it wasn't quite that overt, but yeah, definitely yeah. in that direction. And then um, he would also tell me like he was going to break the kneecaps of any boy who ever looked at me. 
and he was going to lock me in my room until I was 30. Um, oh, wow. He's probably so, jealous. He was probably trying to mess with your mind. I mean, so you a lot didn't of it, feel, yeah, yeah so you didn't all, feel pretty to like want to explore mm-hmm. and all oh, that sad. That's all part of the abuse cycle. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to sexualize you. And at the same time, I'm going to make sure that you feel like you don't have any other options so that I am the person who your world revolves around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. And the flip side of it is that I was so shut down for so long that I really deeply understand the experience that so many of us who grew up as little girls have that our sexuality is not our own and that we're not allowed to experience it. We're not allowed to want things like all of that is so deep in my bones that when I came to my own sexual awakening, at age 42. So anybody who's listening and is like, it's too late for me, I promise it's not too late for you. <laughs> um, that when I got to my own sexual awakening, I was like, everybody needs to know. I, I need to tell anybody who can hear my voice. So when about, you say sexual awakening, mm-hmm. were you a virgin until you were 42? No, I was not a virgin, oh. but I what I had done was choose partners who treated me very similarly to how my dad had treated me. Um, so I chose, you know, borderline abusive partners. Okay. Because well, it was because all that habit, I thought. Yeah, right, of course. It was all yeah. I thought I deserved because my dad right. had told me no one else would love me. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so now we're 42. Okay, so tell so us how fun I, stuff. How, 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 okay, <laughs> forward. Okay. Okay. So when I was 42, I decided that I was going to take a year-long road trip around the United States Ooh. by myself um, in my little four-door, <laughs> you know, sedan. Um, what about your job? Did you have a job? So things had all happened, fallen into place. Um, I, my mom had just passed away. Okay. And, sorry. um, so I had gotten a little bit of money from selling her home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and without her, she was the reason that I was staying in New Hampshire, which is where I had grown up. She and I were really okay. close and with okay. her gone, there was no reason for me to stay there anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to take some of this money and I'm going to go have a grand adventure yeah. and see what yeah. happens. Like I had no expectations of anything except hopefully I would find a new place to live. Okay. While I was on the road, I started thinking about how I've never done any of the, like, I've always thought about sex. I always had tons of sexual fantasies, but I never allowed myself to actually live any of them out because I thought Is it girls because like you thought me, you were not worthy or you weren't confident or a little bit of both? Like you didn't know how the- to... Yeah, all of the above, like nobody's going to want me and um, why would anybody do anything like that with me? You know, all of that stuff. Okay. So I had this group of girlfriends who I was writing to on Facebook while I was out on the road. And I one day just posted, I was like trembling as I posted this so repressed. And I was like, I have all of this sexual baggage. And I feel like while I'm on the road, I would really like to do something to see if I can, you know, feel something because not only was I, 
emotionally repressed and like not flirting, not talking to anyone, not making any of my desires known. I was also really numb sexually so that when anybody had touched me, I would just sort of shut down mm-hmm. physically. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. I reached out to these girlfriends and I was like, I'm about to be in New York City. I know you can find anything in New York, but I don't really know what I'm looking for. So can you suggest anything for me, like any terms that I could look up? Because I really, I want somebody to touch my body. You posted that on social media? Is that Dude, this was a closed group of girlfriends. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for general consumption. Okay. I was like, oh my God, if I posted it on social media, I was like, uh, yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, that makes sense. Okay, all right. So you're a closed group of girlfriends. Got it, got it, got yes. it. All right, uh-huh. And so one of them wrote back and she was like, you should look up the term yoni massage. And I was like, a loamy massage? Oh, yeah. Yoni, Y-O-N-I. Oh, I which is lo- like a loamy, loamy. I no. think I had that on my honeymoon. Wait, so what's that? What's, so, a yoni? what's that? A yoni massage is a kind of tantric massage that involves sexual energy and involves also um, touch of your genitals. Really? Where did yes. you get that? So I did a bunch of research online. The people that who legal? offer this. Well, so the people who offer this are technically sex workers. Oh, okay. And the way that it works is that you're not paying them for sexual touch. You're paying them for their time. And anything that happens during that time is happening between two consenting adults. Okay. So it's a little bit of a loophole. Okay. So I find this woman. She's not all like, and I've I found her on a board for this was in 2017. So this was before. And this was like, in New York. This is in New York, and it was okay. before Craigslist and all of that got you yeah, know yeah, the personals yeah. got shut down. Okay. So it was a little easier. It was a little easier to find people online it's then fine. than it is today. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I found this woman who her ad was not all like super sexual and I'm going to take you to the greatest orgasm you've ever had. That was like, that would have been too much for me. What right. she talked about was, I'm going to help you find yourself, you know, okay. I'm going to help you all get right. in touch with your body. And I was like, that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You need and to reconnect with yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I yeah. went and I had, you know, I booked a three hour session with her. Whoa. I was like, I'm only going to do this once. So I might as yeah. well do it the whole, you know, all the way. Yeah. All out. Yeah. Um, so I have this session with her where she's actually touching my body and, you know, running sexual energy and I'm feeling it for the first time in my life. I'm having actual sexual sensation. And I think it's, partially because I was paying her. So there was absolutely no expectation that I had to do anything for her. For her. Yeah. I could just lay back and receive because that was what I was paying for. Right. Right. So I'm actually at this point, a huge proponent of commodifying experiences like this because it takes all of the pressure off of you to perform. That makes sense mentally. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so we go, you know, we have this session, she touches me, I, I actually had an orgasm, which I did not expect that I would wow. have. She had told me, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, don't worry about it. From her touching you had an orgasm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Good. Yeah. Um, 
And I was like, I rarely orgasm. So, the, you know, that's yeah. not going to happen. And then it did. You probably just flopped yourself on yourself. So you were I, able to like pull off your ambitions like to the wind, if you yeah, will. Yeah, I just relaxed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the session, we sat down together for a few minutes to talk. And she said, here's what you need to know. You're not broken. And I was like, did you just cry? I did. Like yeah. 42 years of that burden just fell off of me. Now, I don't want to pretend that it was just like a snap your fingers moment and suddenly I was cured. It, it was like not that at all. Like, yeah, with like, <laughs> throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, no, I understand that. I totally do. somebody who has such deep knowledge of women's bodies and how we respond and what the orgasm cycle looks like, all of that. Having her tell me you're not broken was a profound moment in my life. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So let me ask you one question yeah. about that that um, experience. Is it only female like workers, or is there men too that do that, or is it women because women know the women the female anatomy better? Like, yeah. what is that like? No, you can find people of any gender who do this okay. kind of work, and it's just who you're comfortable with. Got yeah. it. Okay. Okay. I needed so it was, to be a woman because that yeah. was what I was going to be able to handle in that moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what was your um? What was the next step in your journey? After that? <laughs> so, I'm you know I'm traveling around the country. Country, and what this woman said to me was, either you're not broken, you just need to have some more experiences where you allow yourself to feel. And so I was like, okay, let's go have all the experiences. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm traveling the country and I'm, you know, uh, using Craigslist and dating apps and all of those things to find people because I wasn't staying anywhere more than a week or so. Um, right. And I was, you know, I had my first threesome and I, you know, I, I've I never had a threesome. That's cool. <laughs> I have a friend that has though. What uh -huh. was that like? Was that fun? Um, the first one was actually really challenging because, first one. Woo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that I had while I was on the road was challenging because the other woman didn't really want to be there. Okay. And so that yeah, so was a little bit jealous. Not awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I ended up finding sex parties that I could go to. And, um, and I, I chose things really carefully. I was just, I was not just going to like the local orgy. I wouldn't even have known how to find it. <laughs> But right. um, well, I was going like, to say, you have to be careful too. I wanted yeah. to get into some of that also, like yeah. that whole process in terms. So, so when you're at the sex party, mm -hmm. well, how do you like, how are you being, um, are you able to use protection? Like what do you, <gasps> yes. Yeah. So yeah. The, the very first sex party I went to, um, there was a huge emphasis on consent. And there basically is in any like play party that is worth its salt, there should be an opening circle that takes the first 20 or 30 minutes where there's an extended conversation about consent and what people want and what they don't mm -hmm. want. And if you're at a play party where that doesn't happen, you do not need Run to, to the hills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's people that 
practice like like you know aggression sadism like I imagine right like and if you may not want to do that then like how to right so exactly be on the same page about that exactly so Mm -hmm. uh, going to these parties and you know I really learned how to start talking about what I wanted and saying, you know, this is a yes for me and this is a no. Yes, I want you to touch my body. No, you may not put anything in my mouth because communication is absolutely critical to me. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. don't ever want to be in a situation where I can't what, communicate. Like, what would they put in your mouth? Like a gag? Like a gag or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I'm really learning to get granular about my yeses and my noes, uh-huh. which is something that as little girls, we are never taught how to do. Yeah. No, to assert yourself. Yeah. yeah we, yeah. you know, as, and I shouldn't make that such a broad statement. M- many of us, maybe most of us grow up in a way that says, take care of everybody else first, make sure yeah. that everybody's needs are satisfied before you think about your own if you know what your needs are, you're probably being selfish. You know, like Mm -hmm. we get all of these messages about how our needs are unimportant or should be put to the side. So we never really learn to think in any real way about this is what I really want. And this is what I really don't want. And there are some things that are in the middle that I'm going to be okay with, with one person and not with another. And there Mm -hmm. are going to be things that I'm okay with if it's, you know, a two on the impact scale and not if it's a five on the impact scale, you know, like really starting to think carefully about what I want and who I want it with. How Mm -hmm. do I feel safe? Um, You know, what, what other things do I need to have in place in order to feel safe? I need to have a consent conversation before Mm -hmm. I'm ever going to play with anybody again. The first time I play with somebody, I'm not going to have penis and vagina intercourse because I want to know that, uh, you know, this is if I'm with a man, I want to know that I can say to him, this is my boundary and he is going to maintain that and he's not going to try to coerce me out of it. So you talk about what you're willing to do and not do with a partner and a romantic partner before Uh, you get in bed with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a complete paradigm shift because No, it's interesting. Okay. So many no, of it's us. listening. I'm like, yeah. I never I don't think I've ever done that before. I'll just stop them if I don't want to proceed yeah, sure. yet with something. And then I then they usually get annoyed with me, but I don't care. <laughs> like I'm like too bad, you know? But um I don't well, know. I guess I've always been that way. But yeah, but I it's good for I think it's good probably to have all the cards on the table and they know what what is off limits. It also avoids that, that awkwardness of when exactly. you need to say no. <laughs> Although I'm so, like, just say no. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So think yeah. about it this way. So one of my very hard boundaries at this point, and I did not know that for many, many years, I didn't know I was allowed to say this. Mm-hmm. But now I know I will never again have ejaculate in my mouth or on my face. That is a hard no for me. Why do you don't like, why don't you like that? It makes me feel really sick. It makes me feel really nauseous. They have like ejaculation in your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's just it's, it's, it, it's like mm-hmm. it's like the sea, <laughs> <laughs> the ocean. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of yogurt mixed in. <laughs> uh, I can't even. Like I'm already getting nauseous. <laughs> oh God, I'm making everyone sick. No, yeah, so, I'm so, not a fan of that either. I have to say, but I don't know. Like it depends on the person. Like well, the guy. And that's I'm with. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But for yeah. me, it's a hard no. So there are two different scenarios. There's the scenario where I say to somebody, before our pants come off, I just need you to know this is a hard... say that before our pants come off? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I need you to know this is a hard limit for me. I enjoy giving blowjobs, but I do not allow ejaculate in my mouth or on my face. Is that a boundary that you can maintain? Why do guys do it in the face? I don't get it. I've not had it in the face. (laughs) I would... I would not, I would not, I would not like it in the face either. Mm -hmm. I think it's like almost like demeaning and it's like you're not respect. I don't, that's just the way I would interpret that. Like I would full lip out if that happened. (laughs) So if I say that. I don't get why guys do that. I don't either. I have no, well, it's a porn thing. They learn it from porn. But, But if I say that to them in advance of our pants coming off, it's not about them. You know, mm-hmm. it's not me saying I don't like you or you're not whatever enough to do this to me. This is just me saying this is my boundary. I don't do this with anybody versus we're in the middle of me giving him a blow job and he's yeah. about to come. And I yeah. say, no, stop. Yeah. Then he's At not which gonna... point he yeah. thinks this is about me. I don't taste good. I don't smell good. I am turning her oh, off in some way. Yeah, that you know, makes like sense. Yeah. he makes mm-hmm. it about himself because that's what our brains do. Mm-hmm. So if I have the conversation in advance, it doesn't turn into a kind of mind fuck for him. Instead, mm-hmm. it's just me saying these are the things I do and these are the things I don't do. Are you in or are you out? Okay, that's fair. And what do you find? Most guys are partners are open to going with the flow. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to when it comes to male partners, I have never once given this boundary and had someone say, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, yeah. put your clothes the, back the, on. The BJ's off the table. Exactly. Yeah. Never Let's once. just do something else. Yeah, no, that's true. I, Which I can't was imagine what my that. Fear I was, do that either. Mm-hmm. That they would be like, oh, never mind. Like, I'll find somebody else. But yeah. no, mostly people are just like, somebody wants to touch my body? Cool. You know? Yeah, or they like you, obviously. If yeah. they're like if someone you're with with like that. So yeah. hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So um how about when you're not in the mood? Let's talk about that. Because I do think um women especially struggle, like, oh, the cliched headache or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I think a lot of women give in to men when they 
or partners. I don't mean to just say men. I, I, my partner preference is a man, but it could be whatever. Does I mean, it could be anybody, right? Any, mm-hmm. any gender. Um, so if you are, you know, with a partner who's wanting to be intimate and then you don't really feel up to it that given moment or day, night, what have you, I feel like a lot of women will give in because they feel obligated. They feel bad. Like I know I've done that many times for partners. So let's talk about that because that can also lead to problems, right? Absolutely. It It leads to a lot of resentment. Um, And then the nights when you don't give in, it leads to resentment going the other way. That Oh, why doesn't she want to? Right. Um, Right. So there are a lot of different reasons that this happens. And there are a lot of different outcomes from it, many of them having to do with resentment and anger. But I think, well, okay, so let's go back again to how we're brought up and how we're socialized as little girls and little boys. And just Mm -hmm. to keep it easy, I'm going to talk about this in terms of a male and a female. This is not uh, no, I understand. Just not like, exclusive to heterosexuals. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. Um, so a little girl is brought up again. Take care of your partner. Make sure that all their needs are satisfied. Don't really think of your own until everything else is taken care of. And there is never a time in the world when everything else is taken care of. So basically never think about your needs. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we bring up our little boys with these, you know, heroes who they learn, never say no. You know, when you get a no, you just push right through it. You keep asking, you keep going, you keep pushing until you get the yes. This Mm -hmm. is how we socialize our little boys. Mm -hmm. So I am not here to say that men are bad for doing this. What I'm saying is we didn't teach them any better. So now- As a society. As a society, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now we put an adult man and an adult woman into a bedroom together. And also we teach our little boys, don't ask questions. Cause if you do your week, don't ask mm. for directions, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. And then yeah. we put those people in a bedroom together. The woman doesn't know how to ask for what she wants. Doesn't know how to advocate for her needs. And the man thinks I'm not supposed to ask her what she wants. I'm just supposed to keep going until I get what I want. That Mm -hmm. is a recipe for disaster because Mm -hmm. nobody's talking. Everybody's making assumptions and just sort of playing by the rule, you know, the rule book that was installed at birth um, operating system, you know, and it's not anybody's, it, it, it's not inherently anybody's fault. It's not like women are bad for not giving in or, and men are bad for pushing. Again, this is how we were socialized. This is all really that we know until somebody asks you to question that. And you're like, right. oh, wait a minute, there's another option. Mm-hmm. So what really needs to happen is for there to be a conversation between the partners where they're each able to say, here's what I need. Here's what I like. I, you know, for a woman to say, I feel really sexy when you do X, Y, Z. This is what gets me in the mood. Mm -hmm. Instead of him making assumptions about what he thinks that she wants, they're probably informed by porn. 
Yeah. Which is horrible. I mean, I don't have an actual, I I don't have an issue with porn itself. No, I mean to get information. Not every woman wants what is in a porn movie. Exactly. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a reflection of reality. It is a heightened fantasy. Right, right. So for her to be able to say, this is what I want and this is what I need. And for him to be able to say, these are the needs that I have. Like, I want to be able to have sex X number of times a week or a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, And I'm also... I should say I'm falling into the trap right here of assuming that it is the man who has the higher sex drive and the woman who has the lower sex drive, which is not always true. No, it's not. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. just having that conversation and it can be really incredibly useful to have a third person like a coach or a therapist, a sex positive coach or therapist, because there are a lot of people out there who can do more damage because they just don't understand the dynamics Mm -hmm. at play. Mm -hmm. Someone who's certified, obviously, and trained correctly. I would think that probably also helps take some of the pressure edge off if you have a third person Mm -hmm. that, I mean, once you're in a relationship, maybe if things get like dull, if you will, in terms of like shaking it up. I've always found, I'm single now, but when I was married, like when I was married 10 years, so um, when we would hit like a no, it's like a, I don't know, like dry patch, but just yeah. like kind of like routine. Whenever we would go away, that would kind of like make it better. Like mm-hmm. we would, you know, like we were just be in a different environment and like we had like less stresses and I felt like that always helped us when I was married. So maybe that's helpful for people to hear. Yeah, what I do mean, you think? What, what are your, some of your advice in that way? So one of the things that happens is we get into a rut because we're not talking to each other. So going out of town can be really useful because it gets you out of your routine. What can be even more useful when you're out of your routine is to talk about what your routine is and how it's working or not working for you. Oh, that's good advice. That's you know? really good advice. Cause you're sort of out of that. Yeah. You're yeah. like out of that mold and you can just be open about like mm-hmm. what's working and not. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your podcast and yeah. your book you're working on. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. So the book is the memoir of my time that year out on the road how, and all of the adventures that I have and everything That's that I cool. learned about consent and about, you know, showing up and really being present and all of the things that I, yeah, it was such an incredible journey. I can't wait to share it with people. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's going to be awesome. Probably help a lot yeah. of people. Like, kind of spark a fire. What What so. is your situation now? Are you in a relationship? Or yep. yeah, you I'm are. A, oh. I'm. I've been with my partner for four years. Oh, um, good. We consider ourselves monogamish, which means that we are essentially monogamous the great majority of the time, but every once in a while with prior negotiation and consent, we might either, you know, bring a special guest star in to join us, or Uh we might have experiences separate from each other, but it only happens under specifically negotiated circumstances. So it's not an open relationship at all. Okay. So so you each know about the other person's uh, actions with, I guess, granting I don't want to say permission, but like, it's like an open collaborative decision. Yeah. So yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's so yeah. great. Good for you. All right. And let's talk about your podcast. Yes. So the podcast is good girls talk about sex. 
Mm-hmm. And I interview people, uh, specifically people who are brought up as little girls, regardless of their adult gender um, and transgender women about their experience of sexuality. And um, so it's non-expert, it, you know, it's not anybody teaching you how to give a bl- better blowjob. It's people talking about like, this is when I started and how I started masturbating. Um, and this was how my first kiss, this is my first sex experience. Um, you know, it's all of the things that you would only usually talk to your best girlfriend after a bottle of wine in the middle of the night, you know, like yeah. that's the conversations we have. And I get okay. to ask the questions that, you know, I used to be fascinated, or more than fascinated, kind of obsessed with the idea, uh, the question, is it true that women are all shaved bare? <laughs> or are there women who still have a bush, you know, pubic hair? Oh, because everything in culture told me to say, <laughs> well, can, you know, culture tells us that everyone is shaved bare. And that if you're not, you're either weird or unhygienic or, you know, no man's ever going to want you, whatever. Not the case. I would say it's, um, I haven't run the numbers recently, but I'd say it's pretty close to 50, 50 mm. of the women that mm. I talk to. Um, Who, who's bare? older women, younger women mix. It doesn't, it, none of that really seems to track. It's hmm. just people do whatever the hell they want with their pubic hair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Braid it, put like some bees on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. And so really the goal of my podcast is to normalize the fact that you get to do with your body, whatever the hell you want to do with your body. And that mm-hmm. all these messages we get about what's right and what's normal are complete poppycock because yeah. you get to do what basically here's the line that I draw. Basically, anything you want is normal. The only thing that's off the table is hurting somebody else without their consent. I agree. You can with hurt you. people yeah. with their consent all day long. Yeah, <laughs> you know? as long as they're good with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. you cannot hurt somebody, and that includes emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually. You cannot hurt somebody without their consent. Um, that's a crime. And if that is a fantasy that you have, that requires some, you know, some other kinds of intervention. But up to that, everything is on the table. Yeah, I learned about that in my psycho um, analysis class. Well, when you do hurt, and it's a whole other disorder when you need to hurt someone without their consent. There's people that actually get off on that. It's really, that's like the mass murderers and things like mm-hmm. goes into that category. It's crazy. Um, so are sort of crazy, I guess. Um, anyway, <laughs> say the least. All right. So tell us where we can find you, Leah, as yes. we wrap up. Okay. So the podcast is Good Girls Talk About Sex, and you can find me if you're interested in coaching, um, learning how to talk about what you want, learning how to, you know, maybe dip dip your toes into things like having threesomes or, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You can Mm -hmm. find me at leahcarry.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Get some rest. And thank you. We will talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Mindy. Okay. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. 
And if you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at mindy.barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.